Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. I'm so blessed by that. And uh, right back at it again this Sunday. Just so blessed to have you here this morning. So as we turn there, uh, John chapter 9 this morning, uh, 2018. There in the football world, if you watch football at all, some people just quit watching it all together. Can't say that I blame them. But uh, those who watch football, 2018 was uh, quoted as the year of public demonstration. And so let me explain what I mean by that. There was many public demonstrations. Uh, There was the Colin Kaepernick demonstration. He was there and he was taking a knee and all that craziness. Then there was all the uh, politics that was involved in the football world. There were, uh, you know, athletes just uh, wearing different stuff on their jersey to express how they felt uh, in the the politic world and just giving their opinion. How many know we live in a country of free speech? But then with all of that, in the midst of the distraction, some would call it, or some just would say it was demonstrations because that was their right. There was the Philadelphia Eagles and they were doing a public demonstration that didn't get a lot of pickup on the public news, but yet it was wrote about. And in 2018, there were many Philadelphia Eagles players who were getting baptized before games in the name of Jesus. There was one player, his name was Marcus Johnson, And he was baptized by his fellow teammates and coaches in a hotel swimming pool prior to a Thursday night game. And leading the showcase of Bible-believing brothers was, at their time, star quarterback Carson Wentz. And he tore his ACL, but then the backup quarterback that came right behind him was named Nick Foles. He also being a Bible-believing Christian, And he said that nothing was going to stop him from praising God in the middle uh, of Carson Wentz's storm. And Carson Wentz said that, actually. But they went on to win the Super Bowl. And it was an impressive movement because you would see highlights of these players one after another after another getting saved and being baptized. And when it seemed like all was uh, all hell was breaking loose around them, God was being glorified. We're going to look at that this morning in John chapter 9. And we're going to see how God gets the glory out of human lives and even to today. So we'll start there at verse 1. And we're going to stop at verse 4. And so it says here, Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man... Blind, who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Verse 3, and Jesus answered, Neither this man 
nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Amen. We'll stop right there. I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, Seeing What God Sees this morning. Seeing what God sees as we pray over the word of God. Father, God, we've come to hear from you. And God, that your Holy Spirit would minister to each and every heart of ours. We thank you, Jesus. We pray over this word. And in the mighty name of Jesus, the church said, Amen. Amen. Seeing what God sees this morning. So I want to look at a few things as we get into the word. And I want to look at blind from birth. Now, the Bible says in verse 1 of our text, as we read here, that Jesus passed by and he saw a man that was blind from birth. Now, when you look at this situation, Jesus passing by this blind man, we know that one thing about Jesus is that he's always on the move. When you hear Jesus uh, doing what he was doing, it was on foot. Uh, a lot of times he was in multiple areas and cities in one day. And Jesus was a man that was constantly doing things and miracles. John writes in his gospel that as he spent a few years with Jesus, there's actually so many miracles that Jesus was always working. Jesus was doing everything that he was doing to his 110%. He's always teaching with his best. He's healing with his best. He's praying with his best. But all of those things, he still had time for people. Amen. Think about this blind man. Jesus is well aware of his surroundings and all these people that are coming in contact with him. The Bible says that people by the droves would pull on Jesus' clothes. They would be asking him for healing. And Jesus' heart was always, though, for the brokenhearted. His heart was always for those that were lost and forgotten. And his heart was always to bring one more soul into repentance. And think about, as he's doing all of that, just like Jesus, you and I are in and out of people's lives all the time. We're going and we're coming. This could be co-workers. This could be neighbors. This could be family members. People at the grocery store, the doctor's office, wherever you and I just traffic. We're passing by people all the time. And I dare say that a lot of those people are spiritually blind, just like this man on the side of the road. Amen. But the lenses that Jesus had, he could see it was more than just his physical situation. Think about, have you ever looked at a coworker and asked yourself, why do they act that way? Right. Why do they do those things? Perhaps it could be a classmate even. My son, he does the traffic safety, and he would tell me that as he's opening the car doors so that the, uh, the, the kids can get out of the car, he said, Dad, a lot of those cars, they smell like smoke. But this is these kids' lives. So we have to think for a minute sometimes, slow down. What is the real reason why people do what they do? And the disciples, they're looking at this man as he's crying out to Jesus. They're walking past this man, and they begin to ask him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, why would they ask that? Why would the disciples, as they are there with Jesus, ask that? Well, because they understood one principle, and that was generational curses were very real. Yeah. You and I's DNA 
It's more than just bars and codes and dots. You and I inherit a spiritual DNA that a lot of times go from generation to generation. Numbers chapter 14, verse 18. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. And it says this about generational curses. The Lord is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. But he does not excuse the guilty. He lays on the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is inflicted, uh, uh, affected, I'm sorry, even children in the third and fourth generations. So I'm not going to get into a, that's a whole nother sermon about generational curses. But on the contrary, though these disciples, they understand that, that things are passed down. Things aren't just the way they are for no reason. They weren't actually seeing the hope in this man to be changed, but they're just trying to give a diagnosis of why he is the way he is with theology. They've been hanging around Jesus for a little while. They've heard Jesus go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the religious people. They are listening to how Jesus conducts himself, how he is versed in the scriptures. So they took an opportunity to get deep with Jesus. They're wanting to show, Jesus, we understand religious principles as well. We understand that some things are passed down. But as you and I are going about in our daily lives, it's not just the blind because they're born that way. Let me explain what I mean. We look at a marriage sometimes that's falling apart. And we say, oh man, they're just crazy. They're always going at it. That's just the way it is. Or perhaps we can see a young woman and perhaps she messes around and we're saying, ah, you know, she, she get it from her mama. That's how her mama was. <laughs> or we can have those neighbors and we hear them. You know, when we used to live in an apartment, it was around, it was like clockwork Saturday around 11 o'clock at night. I could hear my neighbors, and I'm like, oh, they had it again. But here's the thing, spiritually blind. The thing is that Christians, we're called to be God's workers. How many believe that? The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent and present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But when we go on about our daily lives, do we perceive those who are quote unquote blind from birth? Oh, they're just that way. That's just the way it is. Or do we begin to see things the way God sees them? Because Jesus begins to show these disciples, though those principles can be very true, God's work can be revealed in human lives. So Jesus goes on in their rebuttal and, and their question, and he says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God may be revealed in him. So Jesus is there. He's throwing another curveball. The disciples, they're trying to, you know, just show Jesus, okay, we want to be like you. We want to be men of the word. Maybe it was because somebody sinned that this man is blind. That's what the scripture says. And Jesus says, well, even though that's true, that's not the case right here. This is so that God is going to get the glory out of this person's life. I remember Pastor Howard's wife, Tariq, while her dad was still alive, Mr. Terry, 
He was there before his last days, before he went into eternity. She brought him to a revival. And we're all in church, and we're sitting there at the revival with evangelist Tony Chase. And he comes in, and he's like walking like one step at a time. And he sits down in the seat. And there's the evangelist. He's preaching the word of God. And he says, hey, sir, can I pray for you? He looks around, Mr. Terry, me? And he says, yeah. I saw how you walked and you sat down. Can I pray for you? And he says, sure. And Mr. Terry, they get him up and he's walking nice and slow. And he just lays his hands, believes God, asks God to heal him in the name of Jesus. And Mr. Terry's eyes got really big and was like, and he's moving around. And he says, man, what you do to me? <laughs> and he says nothing. That God may get the glory in your life, sir. And Mr. Terry walked back to his seat. You see, that evangelist could have gotten spiritual with that man at that moment. He could have been like, well, brother, is there things in your life you're holding on to? Unforgiveness, bitterness, all these things. And those have its place, no doubt. But in that time, he knew that God wanted to glorify his power through that man's body. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll miss out when God is just trying to move. Like I said, it could be that coworker who's always in some mess or they're always wrapped up in drama or they can be a headache to some. We can write their spiritual prescription and we can say, well, they just need to get saved, does it? Or it could be mom and dad. Maybe they grew up very hard-hearted and mean. And then we say, oh, well, they just need to get saved. But God saw this man and says, y'all want to see a miracle? Because when God touches somebody, it's evident. Yeah. That's the power of the touch from Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three. Premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four. Our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Here it is, Lazarus. The story in the Bible goes about Lazarus. He knew Jesus. They were friends. Jesus is there ministering to his sisters at one point in time. And they get the word that Lazarus is dead. So Jesus says, oh, no, he's not dead. He's just sleeping. So the disciples are like, what is Jesus talking about? 
They go and they see Lazarus's tomb with the stone over it. And they say, I need a couple guys who want to come and see a miracle. And so some men are there with Jesus. And they say, roll back that tomb, please. They roll back the stone. And they say, all right, guys, you ready? Lazarus, come forward. And everybody's looking at that black hole where that body is at. And they're looking. And here comes Lazarus in grave clothes. And everybody's freaking out. Oh, my gosh, he's alive. And Jesus says, unwrap him. Because one word from Jesus, that's all that's needed. Amen. We could say, oh, well, you know what? Yeah, but they got some. Man, Pastor Roman, if you knew some of the people that I knew, woo, they need a whole lot more than the word of God. No, they don't. Do we still believe that drunks and weed smoking sinners can get radically saved? That foul mouth supervisor of yours, that he can be changed. Those crazy neighbors who are always fighting, that they can be touched from God. I had one of those situations. There was a man on my job about five, six years ago. He was, like the Apostle Paul says, chief of sinners. He had all the nasty jokes. I think he wrote some of them jokes. And he had them in his arsenal, ready to just let them fly. And they paired me up with him as his helper. And so we're sitting in the same van, and we're getting to know each other. And, you know, even there were times where he'd want to mock. Oh, you a Christian? Go ahead, preach to me. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But you know what happened? Time went on, and I began to believe God for him. I would hear him arguing on me. We're sitting right there in the van. And he'd be arguing with his wife. And I mean, just things that a husband and wife should never say to each other. I'm right there, front row. And there will be mornings where he's going into the office to turn in paperwork. And I'd lay my hand on his lunchbox. God, touch him. God, save him. He's broken. He needs a miracle, God. And as he would do that, doors begin to open up where he'd come in. He had been drinking and partying, and his wife and him got in this big argument. He comes in, no shame. You can tell he's had a bad night, and he began to ask me little things. And hey, you don't let those moments go by. Hey, man, so tell me about your marriage. Uh-oh, my ears went up. And then I would begin to share with him the gospel. And then, hey, man, um, what, what church is it that you said you go to? And he would come a little bit at a time. Time goes on, he calls me. We split ways, he goes on to another job. And, and, and he calls me, and I'm picking up the phone. Hey, man, how you doing? He says, guess what I'm doing on Sunday? I said, what, robbing the bank? I know you crazy. <laughs> guess what I'm doing on Sunday, Rome? I said, what? He says, I'm going to get baptized. Oh, amen. I looked at the phone. He said, yeah, man, you know, there was this church across the street from my house, and I just started going. And as I was going, and I just said, you know what, you know, I, I could use some help. And I heard about the forgiveness of Jesus, and I realized that that's what's wrong with me. And I'm, li I'm looking at the phone, I'm like, wow, God can still save sinners. 
I've seen miracles happen where, it, you know, we can diagnose it all day long like the disciples. They're trying to get an answer out of Jesus. Well, is it because of this or is it because of that? Jesus says, no, because God is going to get the glory. Amen. You see, Jesus is always looking at people for what they can be. I've seen families, two separate families, those that couldn't have babies, contended with God. The doctors even said, nope, it's not possible. Both of those families have babies. Explain that to me. Years and years of waiting and believing God for a miracle. Because why? God said he's going to get the glory out of this situation. But that the works of God should be revealed. With that, I want to look at, as we get ready to close and wind this down, Working while there is day. Because Jesus says something very powerful as he is there and he is going to heal this blind man. And this blind man gets radically uh, changed. Excuse me. Jesus says in verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Because the night is coming when no one can work. Jesus is making a point here in our text as we're looking at this. We don't have to see people dying in their sin and just have an understanding. That's not enough. Just to understand, no doubt, perhaps their father was a drunk. Perhaps they were abused as a child. Perhaps they have trust issues. That's only half the battle. But as we're seeing what people go through, it's also so that you and I can work while there is day and be the light in their lives and see God move. That is the power of the Holy Ghost. Ultimately, that God gets the glory out of our lives and others. Amen. Maybe it's someone that is watching your life. Just as the Bible says, Jesus was just passing by. What it's saying there is life is seasonal. You and I, as we traffic throughout life, sometimes we're passing people, but it's just for a season. This could be a coworker, family members, you name it, or perhaps. It is us that we are in that season of our lives where we're believing God for a miracle. How many know there are seasons when it seems like the prayer closet is on? Amen. I really need God in this area of my life where we're really crying out to God. There are some seasons where, you know, praise God, life is pretty good. And we're just grateful and we're thanking God. But then there are some seasons it's like, Jesus, keep passing me by because, Lord, I need you. So how can we see God move in a miracle in our own lives and either those uh, even those around us? Just a few practical things, I believe, that open doors for us to see a miracle. Like I just said, number one is a prayer life. When we set aside time to get with God, we begin to unlock heavenly doors. The Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, Though, or excuse me, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because he, or excuse me, because his compassion fails not. And they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I'll say that again. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. When you and I set aside time, I always encourage morning prayer, getting up, setting aside some time with God. And we're beginning to cry out for people by name, cry out for family members and situations by name. 
Call out in our own circumstances, things, name it. If there's an amount of money that you're believing God to make on your job, name it. If you're believing God for healing in your body, be specific. How many know it's like hiding behind a little flower with God? Oh, I can't say that. And he sees it. He's God Almighty. But when you and I begin to name and pray targeted prayers, we now open doors for a candidate of miracles. Another one I believe that really helps us is keeping your convictions. First Thessalonians says this about that area. First Thessalonians 4, 10 through 12. And it says this, but we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life. Mind your own business. Yep, just like that in the Bible. Mind your own business and to work with your hands as we commanded you that you may walk properly towards those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. The Apostle Paul, what he is saying there with just these just few basic things about living a Christian life. This doesn't mean that we are a pushover. This doesn't mean we let sin just run rampant in our life. But what he's saying is that we live honest before man. We live clean. We work hard. We keep a good testimony amongst others because a lot of times that is when people will see God. When you and I are that living epistle, when we're that living, walking Bible, when we're just living out our faith in the house of God and outside the house of God, the hardest field is there and people can see, wow, man, there's actual Christians. There's a God that can really change. Testimonies begin to hold weight. I was doing that. I was living this way. I was giving myself and my body to all types of simple lives. But look what God is doing in my life, and I know he can do it in your life. Proverbs chapter 22, 29 says, Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. What that is talking about is having favor. When you keep a good testimony... When you allow God to get the glory, you begin to walk in this area called favor. And favor, a lot of times, is men used by God to bless your life. Amen. This will be when you have favor on your job. When co-workers can see that you're continuously advancing because there is men that are being used by God to bless your life. I remember, you know, when my uh, mother's, uh, excuse me, my wife's uh, dad, when he went into eternity, there were so many people that were so supportive at that time, and they bought my wife a plane ticket just to go home, you know, and I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking, God, that is nothing but favor, Amen. favor that you really can't say that is nothing but the hand of God. Keeping your convictions is really a blessing, and the last thing is opening our mouths about Jesus. That is last, but certainly not least. You know, when you and I are trafficking through life, as we are passing those that are living a sinful lifestyle, we're not to talk at them. We're to get to know where they come from a lot of times. Remember that you were them. 
And that brings hope. 1 Timothy 4, 9 and 10 says this, and I'll close. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is Savior of all men, especially those who believe. You see, when we're doing these things and sharing and God begins to open that door for us to testify of where these blessings come from, why our lives are the way they are, how God is moving in our circumstance. Ultimately, people want to know why. They want to know why, because as people, we're just natural men and women. We have to see something tangible. We have to hear, OK, well, what's the secret? And you and I begin to open our mouths and say, Jesus is the secret. It's because he saw me on the side of the road blind. And even though I had a lot of mess ups, I had a lot of failures. He said that he choose me so that way God would get the glory out of my life. And we only have a little bit of daylight left. How many believe that? Yes, amen. Look what's happening all over the world. Wars, rumors of wars, pestilence. These things that Jesus talked about. This is like I was saying in this praise report, this pastor there in Ukraine, he's saying, you know what? God sent me here right now more than any time I've been here. I have to be a light. I have to share the good news with people because the fear of man will overwhelm people's hearts. But we're there to be there for the lost and the broken in a time where people need Jesus the most. Seeing what God sees this morning, if I can have every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.